0: This song that the boys sung, fantastic, it, it's uh, brackets when you read the title, brackets is the desolation song, and it's, it's very rich with imagery, it's very rich with this picture that uh, the, the, the writer of the song is in a physical location, and as they look across the, the, the horizon, they see fire coming, they, they, they see a, a potential imminent threat that this could be their last days. And the reason that I, I had the, the guys sing this song is, is it's, it's, it's a picture of, of how often our days can feel, of how often our circumstances leave us thinking. You know, fire is this incredible metaphor that, that, that can be used in various settings. And last week, we launched this new series, How to Be Brave. And I taught around the idea of, of how our circumstances our work circumstances, when they're challenging, sometimes health circumstances, financial circumstances, how often negative, uh, high-pressure circumstances from the outside can actually affect how, how we think, can actually affect the peace that, that God would actually want us to have inside our mind. And, and, and we tour taught around that, that God promises a peace, that goes beyond understanding, that God promises a peace, that even in the darkest of circumstances, even when fire is coming our way, that God actually promises us a peace and we can access that peace. And uh, if you weren't here last week or if you're joining us for the first time this week, you can pick that up on our podcast. great thing about podcasts, by the way, is they're so accessible. I remember uh, 20 plus years ago when I started listening to, to, to messages that were called sermons back then. And uh, if you missed a sermon in your church, uh, the the fallback was to get a cassette tape. All right, cassette tape. Some of you have no idea what I'm talking about. A cassette tape. And here's the thing cassette tapes, whilst cassette tapes, I wish I had a picture. You can see it at your local museum. Um, The cassette tapes were portable, but the devices that they were played on were not very portable. And so, th- so as much as you could access the sermon on a tape, there wasn't very many options for listening to it. You, you, there were these things called cassette players. And, uh, and the portable versions of them were often referred to as boomboxes. And so the only option, if you wanted to go for a walk or go for a jog and listen to a sermon from the week before, you'd have to get this big hulking uh, sanyo, sanyo, don't exist anymore. Sanyo boot, uh, b- beatbox and and go past all the homies who were breakdancing on cardboard mats down at Forest Place in the city and you're listening to your church leader rocking out a, well, they weren't called podcasts, a sermon. And see, no one did that, I, I think. No. How's it going, Holmes? <laughs> anyway, these days you can do things far more discreetly. So I encourage you to listen to last week's message if you spit, especially if you're someone who struggles with anxiety which uh beyond blue i don't know beyond blue's website it claims that 40% of Aussies will experience a panic attack at some stage in their life and so if that's true you know it's a pretty big deal and it's on the increase yeah, anxiety and so on and so forth so have a listen to that i want to i want to zoom out i want to actually stay with the same uh letter it was actually we talked last week from a letter that paul uh, Peter just read, read something that Paul wrote to another church. He wrote, he wrote a letter to a church in a place called Philippi. And we took a little snapshot of that where he talked about be anxious for nothing and, and gave some instruction of how we can overcome thoughts that, that leave us feeling anxious and, and, and the circumstances that cause that. I, I want to s- stay with that same passage, but I want to zoom out a little bit this week. As much as last week, I talked about circumstances, sometimes circumstances that aren't even real and how they affect us, our anxiety levels and the peace that God would have us. I, I want to talk about stuff that, that that just originates in the mind, that the fire is, is already in, in the mind and, uh, and how we can actually deal with that. So you can open up to the same uh, passage, Philippians chapter 4. We're going to put it on, on the screens as well if you want to follow along the context is is two things number one paul himself was writing this letter inside a prison he was actually imprisoned for telling people about jesus so he's in prison writing this letter and so you know when when we understand that it makes the the beginning of this letter what we talked about last week it makes that inc- all the more incredible where he talks about be anxious for nothing this is a guy in prison with, with, with seemingly no access to freedom, although he'll tell you he's the most free person on the planet because it's not our circumstances that make us free, it's Jesus that makes us free, despite our circumstances. So he's in prison writing this, and he's writing it to the church in Philippi. They were experiencing a lot of persecution. The fire was coming against them for a variety of reasons. And he wrote this letter, this letter of encouragement and this letter of instruction. And so just go back to verse 1 from Philippians chapter 4. This is how Paul uh, was writing to them. He said, Therefore, my brothers and sisters, you whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way. Dear friends. Now in this way. What is the way? Well we're gonna to get to that. But before we do, I just wanna I just wanna underline something there that that I hope will be an encouragement to some of you. We talk a lot about taking next steps. We talk about the idea that Jesus didn't just say, believe in me. He actually said, come follow me. There's a sense of movement. There's a sense of progression. There's a sense of obedience. There's a sense of faith that comes with that, that Jesus, as he's leading us, that we would follow. However, there are circumstances and seasons that all of us go through at various times where a win is just to not fall over. That, that, that yes, you want to progress. Yes, you want to take new ground. Yes, you want to charge the hill. And, and yet sometimes a win is, is not falling over. Has anyone ever felt that way? Let, let, me, let me tell you, if you've ever felt that way and felt guilty like, oh, I'm not making progress, this, this first verse that Paul's writing here should be an encouragement to you. I really hope it is. Uh, not this week, but, but last week, I was sick. I was so sick. I have never been that sick in all of my 27 years. Never. You're not meant to laugh at that. I've never been that sick, I'm telling you. I didn't even know there was diseases that could come at you at one time and be all, like, it was horrible. And I was on the couch for several days. All I can say is thank God for Netflix. And uh, so I, I did, did what, what, you know, a man with man flu can only do. And that is I went on a binge watching Netflix movie marathon. And uh, one of the movies I watched uh, was The Patriot. With uh, Mel Gibson, and it's kind of like an, a U.S. version of Braveheart. Was kind of how I think about this movie. V- great movie. I'd been looking forward to seeing it for some time, and uh, there was a, there was a scene that uh, was quite remarkable towards the end of the movie. N- not to be a spoiler, but towards the end of the movie is a scene where Mel Gibson was leading the the American uh, version of the of the army against the the British, and. Um, and uh, the British were the stronger army. They outnumbered the, 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 the American army. And uh, the British had, were, were in the habit of winning. The Americans were, were in the habit of being defeated. And uh, Mel Gibson had crafted this plan to, to take on the British army in this particular battle. And at one point, Mel Gibson was, was one-on-one fighting with some guy. And he looked up to see the American troops that he was leading actually retreating, actually running backwards rather than continuing to charge into battle. And, 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 and there was this, this moment right in that part of the movie where you could see that that if the Americans had continued to retreat, the, the English would have got the momentum, which in battle is, is a critical ingredient, and, and won that battle. And when Mel Gibson looked up and saw the, the Americans retreating, he he knew that that he had to do something, and so he grabbed the flag that that he'd that that, that they would follow into battle, and he just ran up to the to front of the battle lines, and he just started yelling to the American soldiers, "Hold the line, hold the what he, he wasn't saying charge; it was it was quite it was quite remarkable. He wasn't saying you know let's go let's 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 take that ground. He was he was simply saying, "Hold the line," and. And, and I just want to encourage you, if you find yourself in, the, in, in one of those seasons where the circumstances are so extreme that, that a win for you is to not fall over, that, that Paul's saying in those seasons, that's okay. It's okay. The devil would want to push you back, the devil would want you to, to retreat, to, to, to go back. And whilst you can't necessarily feel, you know, find the strength to move forward in, in, in those seasons, at a minimum, Just hold the line. Hold the line. Stand firm in the Lord and and, and know that God will help you through that season so you can start making progress again. Hold the line. But then there is a call to progress. There is a call to follow Jesus. There is a call to take more ground, to to take ground for God's kingdom, to, to, to push the enemy back, to push the devil back. And some of that's circumstantial. Some of that's in the mind. And so a question that I like to ask when I'm talking with people, when I'm leading people, isn't necessarily um, uh, just about, you know, are you progressing? But I often like to ask the question, is there anything that's blocking you from progressing? Is there anything going on in, in your world, in your circumstances that that's stopping you from doing the things that God's called you to accomplish? And and most of the time if if someone answers me truthfully they they'll start talking about things you know i ask the question is anything stopping you from accomplishing what god's called you to accomplish and and often the pushback will be things yeah yeah there is some things there's people there's, there's this this person or these people they're stopping me from accomplishing what god's called me to or or or, or finances, I don't have the, the finances or I'm under too much financial pressure and that's stopping me from accomplishing the things that, that God's accomplished. It could be health, health issues, physical health, mental health, that in this season, th- 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 those things are stopping me from accomplishing the things that God's called me to accomplish. However, and I'm one of those guys that likes to be honest, drive some people crazy. Uh, a pretty pretty finely tuned BS detector. And uh, a lot of the time, it's actually not things that are stopping us from accomplishing what God's called us to accomplish. And the reason I know that is because you can put two people, two different people in the exact same set of circumstances. And depending on how they approach things, they'll get a different outcome. And, 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 and it often starts in here, this piece of real estate, the six inches between our ears. That's often the, di- the difference maker between somebody in one set of circumstances winning and being victorious and someone else in the exact same set of circumstances being defeated and losing the battle. It's, it's often the way we think about the things that makes the difference. It's not necessarily the things themselves. So Paul, he recognized this. And he goes on to say this, and let me put that on the screens. Finally, brothers and sisters, you know when a preacher says the word finally, you know what that means? Absolutely nothing. Uh, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you've learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. And the God of peace will be with you. Now, this is the same part of the letter that Paul wrote last week. Last week, he promised us that the peace of God would be with us. Now he's adding to that, not only will you have the peace of God, you'll also have the God of peace. That's like two for one. How good is that? We don't just have God's provision, we have God's presence everywhere we go. Now, fear and faith are both powered by the exact same fuel. Fear and faith are both powered by focus they 're both fueled by focus, so we all focus on things oh well, you 've got no focus we 've all got focus it 's the question of what are we focusing on? What are we giving our focus to? what are we given giving our attention to and 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 so paul 's underlining for the church in Philippi guys, you need to think about. What you think about? That, that, that too many of us we don't pause to think about what we think about. So before you start thinking about things, helicopter up and think about what it is you think about. So what do you think about? What is what is it? What is it? What is a normal day that? What, what do you think about? Do you even know? I don't. Know. Thinking's overrated. No, it's not. Being an idiot's overrated. Thinking's critical, but not just thinking. We all think about stuff, but what do you think about? We need to think about what we think about. Growing up, I played a lot of ball sports. Played a lot of. uh, I played soccer, tennis, uh, squash, uh, hockey, uh, Aussie rules. Uh, badminton, which is technically not a ball sport, but you know you can understand. Uh, and I've played a lot of a lot of ball sports, and um, and they're all a bit different. Different fields, different size. You know, playing arenas, different pieces of equipment: foot, head, hockey stick, tennis racket, different different pieces of equipment. But but with ball sports, there's one thing that's universal to every single ball sport. When when you've got a coach doesn't matter whether it's hockey or soccer or tennis or cricket. When it comes to ball sports, a good coach across all of those sports will give you the same one singular piece of advice of how to be successful in that sport. And it's real simple. And I had it drilled into me time after time, sport after sport. Real simple. The coach would say, Mark, to be good at this sport, you must watch the ball. No matter whether you're holding a tennis racket or a hockey stick or trying to kick the thing with your foot, in every instance of ball sports, the key is to watch the ball. Danica, netball. Tip, watch the ball. Oh No, watch the ball. She knows that. She's smart. She's a good sports chickie. Paul is giving us the exact same piece of advice when it comes to our thinking doesn't matter what the circumstance is. doesn't matter what your chosen field of work is. doesn't matter what what, what things are going on in your marriage, with your kids, with your finance, with your health. In every single set of circumstance, I want you to think about what you think about. And then he's so great is he doesn't just tell us to think about what you think about and say, off you go, mate. He gives us a list of stuff that he encourages us to think about. Now, nutrition. There's a fun subject for the whole family. You want to not get invited to dinner parties? Go to them and talk about what you should and shouldn't eat. And no, I don't do that. Uh, But I grew up... um, when it came to nutrition, I grew up with the, the prevailing school of thought in, in, in my house was the idea that if you wanted to be skinny, you, you had to burn more calories than you consumed. Okay, calories in, calories out, make sure you had a deficit, you'll, you'll lose weight. That was the prevailing school of thought when I was growing up. Now, thank God, science has told us that that's actually not true, that not all calories are burnt the same. And in fact, did you know? that there are certain foods that you can eat as much as you want of and it's all upside and no downside. It's pretty good, isn't it? You want, you want the list? Come on. No, it's what I'm saying. It's like, yeah, I have that list. No downside. You can eat as much as you want of a certain list of foods and there's no downside. It's all upside. Things like Broccoli. I love broccoli, broccoli, isn't it green? What? Yes, mostly? Broccoli, coconut oil. You can go gang I went to the supermarket yesterday, Jill. I went to the super- my supermarket, and they've now got the liter jars of cocoa. I just have to buy the 300 mils. So just I eat one of them every I, half a, a day., and oh, have to go back. Now, the leader has come to my supermarket. Yes. You can eat as much of that as you want. There's no downsides. How good's that? And here's every boy's favorite, bacon. Yeah, now we're talking. Now we got the boys' attention. What? Yeah, what? Somebody say bacon. From now on, the only word you're going to hear out of my voice in your head is bacon, 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 bacon. You can eat as much bacon as you want, and there's all upside, no downsides. For that, I say praise the Lord. Simple. Well, Paul gives us a list of things that we can think about that when we think about these things, there's no downside. It's all upside. You can, throughout your day, take an all-you-can-think approach to this. As they say in Singapore, a buffet of things to think about. No downside. Because some of the things that we think about, there is a downside. And Paul is saying, think about what you think about. And then let me, let me make it simple for you. Let me give you a list. Let me, let me, let me put a, a list on the table. And so he gives us a list of the stuff that we can think about and should think about all the time. And the list is whatever is true. There's a difference between facts and truth, by the way. A difference between circumstances and truth. Paul's writing this from prison. But he's saying, I'm not in captivity. I'm free because I'm, my, it's, it's about my heart's free. You can lock me up all you want. You're never going to take away the freedom that Jesus bought for me by dying in my place. Whatever's noble, whatever's right, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever's admirable, whatever's excellent, whatever is praiseworthy. This is the list that Paul gives us this list of like eight or nine or 10 things that that are an all-you-can-think-about list of things with all upside and no downside. But here's the challenge. Is that what consumes your thought life? Are these the things that you think about? Do you think about things that are true? or, 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 Or are your thoughts dominated by the negative circumstances that come your way? Are your thoughts pure? Are they excellent? Are they praiseworthy? We're going to have things come against us. The beginning of the year, we taught a series called Crash the Chatterbox, and, 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 and we painted a very simple picture that it's kind of like a, a, an old-school cartoonish image that we conjured up. That, and we, we, we stole thing this unashamedly from The Simpsons, where Homer Simpson has white... Homer with the angel's wings on one shoulder and red Homer with the the pitchfork on the other shoulder, and and there's a constant land grab for the real estate in between them about what we think about, about what we chose to fix on. The chatterbox, the red guy, he's just he's nonstop. He's nonstop telling us lies, telling us negative things, you'll never do this, you could never be that. God didn't really say that. How could you believe God could do that? God's let you down before. You're never going to have a great relationship because you, you've been through a couple. You, you ne- and it's just constant, 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 constant. The chatterbox, constant, constant, constant. And we're never going to shut the chatterbox up. I wish we could. I wish it was that simple. I wish it was a simple case of, hey, mate, you're out of here. You're done. But it doesn't work that way. Because the devil, he knows he's defeated, but he he doesn't want us to know that. He wants us to think that he's in control. He wants us to think that he's on the winning side. And so while we can't shut him up, what we can do is listen to the other guy. We can choose to actually think about these things and not these things. That yes, occasionally these things, the negative thoughts, the, the untruths, the things that aren't pure, aren't noble, aren't praiseworthy, aren't excellent. Paul's saying, okay, each day, these aren't periodic once in a lifetime, once in a month, once in a a few months. These are every day. Every day we're going to face circumstances that, that effectively are a fork in the road based on how we think about them. And Paul's encouragement is when you get to that fork in the road where you can listen to the negativity, you can listen to the lies, you can listen to the chatterbox. I I want you to stop. I want you to rip the handbrake on, do a bit of drifting. Drifting's cool. But don't go down that path, it's an option. And 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 you've probably been there before, and, and, and maybe for some of you that's kind of become a bit of your default, a bit of a sort of a habit. And this is Paul's instruction: is stop that. It's time to stop thinking about those things. It's time to think about what you think about, and 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 rule that out as an option. It is an option, but but don't take that option. Instead. When you get to that fork in the road, when thoughts come your way that aren't pure, that aren't noble, that aren't praiseworthy, that aren't excellent, that aren't true. Instead, think about these things. You're going to think about what you think about. Fear and faith are both powered by focus. So what is it that you're going to focus on? And and. and And we have a choice. We have a choice because we're not dogs. We're not cats. We're not elephants. We're humans. And God gave us the ability to think rationally, gave us the ability to actually think about what we think about and choose what we think about. And so this, I don't know, does this sound a little bit simple? Not me, Peter. I didn't say, do I sound a bit simple? (laughs) You're so quick to nod. Um, But that's the that's that's why Paul wrote this stuff. He he's 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 letting us know that that the answers are are actually on the low shelf. They're not out of reach. They're not inaccessible. We're not we don't have to live victims to negative thinking. We don't have to live victims to the sort of thinking that steals our joy, steals our peace, steals the victory. Those thoughts are going to come our way, but we we have a choice. Oh, boy! You know, I decided I was going to try and get out of debt and live financially free, but boy, the devil keeps sending me curveballs. You oh, know, I think about the pressure, and I think about the the bills that come in. I think about the credit card statement. I think about it's two steps forward, one step back. Well, then stop thinking about those things. You just you've just called yourself out. Oh, I can't stop thinking of you. Can? That's the thing. You can. You may not have, but, but here's, this is this morning, the instruction. Stop thinking about those things. Teach yourself to focus, to think about these things. Yeah, you know what? I may not be making as much progress getting out of debt as I had hoped. The devil does continually throw curveballs at me. But God says that I'm more than a conqueror, and I'm going to think about those things because those things are the truth. These might be the facts, but this is the truth. And it might take me a little bit longer than I'd hope, but I'm going to think about these things where God says that I'm more than a conqueror. And in fact, I'm not just going to think about them once. I'm going to hold that thought. I'm going to make that thought the thing I think about all the time. This, this kind of marinating approach, not just a one-off, but an everyday Oh, you know, I decided I was going to start taking control of my health, eating more broccoli, less McDonald's. And, uh, and, and I hope that, that in doing so, um, my health was going to turn around. And yet, you know what? Uh, it's, it's not happening as, as quickly as, as, as I wanted. And I'm on a first-name basis with my doctor. And this isn't good. And I don't know if I'm ever going to feel healthy again. Well, stop thinking about those things and remember Remember what God says. God says that you're an overcomer and you may have had some health issues for, for a few weeks, a few months, a few years, but but he will work with you. What are you going to think about in that process? And when you think about that, I'm an overcomer, hold that thought. Hold that thought because because. What can also easily happen is you start to think about those things, but out of habit, out of years of thinking about the other things, handbrake goes on without you even pulling it. Drift. Hold that thought. Hey, let me uh, ask a question. At the end, Pete, just a little bit of homework. Can we pray for people that are sick as well? And it's not because I'm getting Frustrated because people keep coughing and it's distracting. No, it's not. No, because even then. No, it's flu flu season. I went to uh, our little our, Miyuki, our little nephew. She's not even here to call. Help me correct. Our little nephew Isaac's first birthday party last week. And I got there and Italians love s- sick stories. Like stories about being sick. It's like a it's like a national sport talking about health issues. And I can't stand talking about health issues apart from like talking about great health issues. So I go to this big WOG friggin' birthday party, and I swear a hundred, a hundred hairy-lipped Italian women. <laughs> all they wanted to know. Or, all they how can you tell? how can you tell which one's the Italian airplane? It's the one with the hair under its nose. Anyway, it wasn't, wasn't, wasn't a good joke when I first learned that in primary school and I probably should have stayed in primary school. But um, anyway, well, let's pray for people who are sick. And then you can probably pray for me. Um, let me ask a question just real quickly. We're going to finish up and... Uh, It's a question, I I said right at the beginning, this idea of following Jesus, this idea of putting our faith in him. And uh, it's a question that we ask people every week, whether you've actually made that decision yourself to follow Jesus. And if you haven't, we're going to give you an opportunity in a moment to make that decision. And all I want you to do in a moment, for those of you that have never made this decision to say, yes, I want to follow Jesus, just real quickly, in a moment, I just want you to put your hand up to say yes, I'm making that decision today, and then you can put your hand down and we we'll quickly pray. We consider this the most important thing we do every week, and 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 the reason we consider this the most important thing we do every week is because we think it's the most important question you're ever going to have to to answer. And we all answer it anyway. We either answer it yes or no. Do you want to follow Jesus? Yes or no. It's not. There's no maybe. So real simple. Uh, Right now, for those of you that have never made the decision to follow Jesus, said yes to him, Uh, I encourage you to do that right now. Just slip your hand up. Just say, yep, God, that's me. I want to do that this morning. And then you can put your hand down, and then we're going to pray. Real quickly, I don't want to miss anybody.